Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 582 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by the wonderful duo, Stephen Kyle Brackey and Ben Funky Askren. The funky one, how are you? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing well today. Uh, I'm reading through the comments of the Dan Hur video that you just mentioned to me. Uh, you know what I'm doing today, Christian? I'm I'm bre- I'm breaching the gap. Something we've never done before. Max and I are filming technique videos for Fanatic Wrestling, but one of the things Max and I have never done in all we've filmed a bunch of technique videos. We've never really dug into like the answer position uh, because it's like this nasty spider web. It's it just like grimy, and it's, it's really cyclical. It goes back to itself. There's so many options, and, and we're going to try to dig into it today. We're, we're going to see if we can lay it out. I feel like because I've coached for so long now, I could probably lay it out a little better, but I'm I'm a little bit nervous that uh, I'm not going to be able to get it done the way I want to get it done. Well, I, I think you'll be able to get it done. Um, yeah. It is now, for everyone listening and maybe my own re-education, the answer position, that's like a single-leg finish. Position is that uh, back door? Yeah, well, you, you get there a lot of places. Single leg would be a primary position that you get there. You come up in the middle and then you attack far leg. You also may pummel your arm in so you have two arms on one leg, pull it across. Mm-hmm. Then obviously you sit your hip, you hook it. But yeah, like I said it's there's like a seven billion things that can happen once once you do that. You can also get there for a whole bunch of scrambles and uh you can get there from the high crotch. Yeah, so you can get there a lot of places. Mason Paris, uh, does he utilize the answer position? He he finishes single leg out the back door pretty frequently. Mason Paris, man, this guy, he, you know, he does things that I've never seen another heavyweight do. The way he he doesn't necessarily use answer specifically, but I I, I would guess because heavyweights are not used to someone doing this to them. He gets to a single leg and he sucks that thing in and he's able to lift like. How many heavyweights do you see that are regular that are able to do that on a regular basis? It's freaking tremendous. Well, ironically, Gwiz is one that has a uncanny finishing ability from that position. Yeah. Um I, I he does I don't know what he does. I, I was thinking about this on my drive in. Mason? Like, Mason. Like, he's just so freaking Christian. He's he just really I I watched him I watched I was supposed to Gwiz matches. But I feel like he just has this power where yes. You are not expecting him to be able to pull the leg in, right? And, and Gwiz is in a good position, and he feels comfortable. And then all of a sudden, the leg just starts coming in. Mason Paris is getting powerful on him, and then all of a sudden, Gwiz is in a compromised position, and he didn't expect that to happen. So, 
I've always been fascinated with wrestlers who have the ability to be extended and figure out how to pull in and finish a single leg. So yeah. there's like a couple different ways you've seen. Like you think about like the a Matt McDonough or like Gilman. They used they would just be here and they would slowly crawl up and then they would get yeah. to a standing single position and finish. And I'd be like, how do they yeah. do that? Mason's is different because he's like kind of circling one way backside and then he'll pop his head out the other way or his po- he'll pop yeah. his head out the well, other way. Let me see if I have enough room here. Let me push my computer. Back <laughs> okay. So I'll explain to you the, the mistake that most people make. I'm going to imagine we're, I'm on a leg here, right, Christian? Yes. Okay. The mistake, a lot of people try to use biceps, right? They try to pull here. Well, if we want to keep our biceps to our lower back, very, very, very weak. No matter who you are, your biceps are weak, right? So you really want to pull with your with a low back pull, right? You're you're sucking in with your hips, your core, and you're trying to force your head constantly this way, right? And that's where McDonough might run to their feet, and Mason Paris is trying to run the corner as his head comes up. He's pulling with her. His head comes up. He's trying to go this way, but then he can also come back or cut back the other way. Um, you know, depend. That's obviously dependent on how the opponent's scramble goes, but. Yeah, I mean, the, the mistake a lot of people make is they, they try using their arms. And your arms, when you compare it to your low back, are, are highly ineffective, right? Your low back is so much stronger. So Mason Paris is – I've never seen a heavyweight who's that good at that position, and he is about as good as it gets. Yeah, I do think there is some unreal oh, freaky crap. power there. What? What's wrong? Something come undone. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, okay. Well, Ben's, well, Ben's hanging up and, and recalling back in. I think there is something – so Mason, yeah, you're back. Lost you guys on a show technique. All right, you, you sound strange now, but that's okay. Um, I your your mic maybe is not. Yeah, um, I think it switched to your built-in mic. All right, let me log back in. Give me one second. Sorry, all right, guys. it's okay. Uh, that's what he gets. He's wearing an Ivan Drago shirt. This guy one killed Apollo Creed. Two is Russian. Three, he's a cheater. He's a cheater. So a murderer, cheater, Russian, and you're wondering why you have bad uh, technology luck, Ben. Jeez, um, I wish he was there to hear that, but unfortunately, he sided with the with the dark side. So I think Mason, not only does he have like, oh, there he is, he's back. Sorry, that technique session got a little wild. I knocked the cord out somewhere. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, I was just saying, this is what you get for wearing a Von Drago shirt. He's. Listen. This is like my favorite shirt. I don't know what it is about this. I have two Drago shirts. I, I love them. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> They're so cool. They're so what do you cool. love about it? That he killed Apollo Creed or that he used steroids? Uh, I What's think your... it's like the coloring or the design. <laughs> thing. I'm, not, I'm not really sure. I really the, like him though. The hammer and sickle is pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I don't know about all that. <laughs> so this one's not good, okay? Okay. So, all right, back to Mason Paris because um, – I had mean, a weekend. He had he had a weekend. Now let's not forget the fact that he did get tacked by by Nick Wazdowski in the first match, which uh, is crazy. Whatever. Match. Still whatever. had a great weekend. Still had a great weekend. <laughs> well, he gave up in that tech, but he Christian he gave up. Listen, and obviously it's part of freestyle wrestling, but is it twelve turn points or fourteen? I was gonna say twelve or fourteen. Oh well, he it was a twelve point ten, exchange. Ten turn points because he got a takedown. Well, I ten. think he got turned again though. He got turned ten times. He got turned for ten points in the one exchange, but then I think he got turned. Again, once or twice later. Okay, I, I was talking about that one exchange. Yeah, that one exchange. He got late. He was up. The man was up eight zero. Christian. He was almost twelve eight. And then he got just roll. Oh my goodness, that was brutal. So wow. I do think, like with Mason, I think 
he's figured out he's got to that single leg position so many times he's figured out all the ways like guys will change their hip pressure and he has all these little mm-hmm. solutions to all the yeah. little the problems they'll present but then I do think he has some unreal freaky special power too and you mentioned oh, yeah. the power 100%. there's something there that then people feel it not just when he's in on singles but his go behinds and and uh defense is really yeah. strong he's got a really good gut wrench now uh, he he's oh, yeah. he's pretty spectacular in in a number of different ways, but I think we leave the RTC Cup and there's so much to so many things to talk about within the RTC Cup. But you oh, know yeah. the 125 pecking order is is really fascinating right now because we have Gwiz who's been the guy on top and we know that these young guys have been nipping at his heels and are probably close. Gable gets over the hump and takes out uh, Gwiz and on the first day. But doesn't wrestle Mason Paris uh, in in that, whereas Gwiz did. And I don't know if you think that had an impact, a negative impact on Gwiz, a positive impact on Gable, no factor. But I I do think it's worth worth noting. Yeah, um, man. Uh, The Gwiz Paris Paris matches, I'd watch those every day. If I could watch them every day, I would. Um, It's hard to say whether that match... Paris Gwiz, the first one, right? Because that happened prior to Stevenson uh, and Gwiz, had an effect. Because um, sometimes it's nice to get that out of you, out of you, right? I mean, sometimes I, I had much better second matches than I did first matches, and sometimes, um, you obviously you you lack a little pep in your step because you lost that first one. So I don't know exactly how Nick Wazdowski was feeling. So I don't want to say you know it was a negative or positive to him. I know I, I felt. Both both directions, right? After a hard first match, going into the second match, um, but I, I think there's no way you can't say Gable leveled up. He absolutely did, and this is just not just based on this performance, but the last time we saw him. Um, and man, I feel I feel like Gwiz is chasing now. He's he's chasing for sure. Gable Stevenson, possibly Mason Paris, um, and now also obviously I, I want to see how Kirkovit yep. is in this mix. I mean, mean that's that- that's a big one. To me, that's the big four, and people may think I slash we are skipping ahead a little bit with with Kirkfleet because he has might improved. be he has improved maybe, but I I listen if there's a fourth that's going to enter the conversation, I think it's probably him. Okay, yeah, um, I think Dom Bradley is also in consideration there, but I think Dom's been been around long Bradley enough. That I'm not I'm not sure he's going to climb that rung right now, even though he he was great this weekend. So yeah. Hey, well, let me ask you this. This is the biggest question I have, Christian. Okay. And this is a, this is a fun. I, honestly, I think we could probably spend the whole show debating this. But, you know, you think, oh my gosh, Mason Paris, stock up, right? You watched him beat a uh, two time world medalist, Gable Stevenson, stock up. You think of oh, these young guys, they freaking went and, and did the thing, right? Whose stock went up the most? You got Arusha, awesome weekend. You got Karcha, Hidley, Paris, uh, Stevenson. I just forgot somebody. Who did I forget? Did you say Trent Hidley? I think so, maybe. If I didn't, he's included, right? There's all these young guys who had these amazing performances where they, they you know, leveled up, essentially, right, is, is the way I would think about it. Um, you know, which one of those guys would you put at the top of that? And not So it is kind of an OW for the event, but it's also like just which guy's stock went up the most? I think it's Trent Hidley, whose stock went up really? the most. Yes, because, um, well, one, you look at... Take the heavyweights. The reason okay. we thought this weight was awesome is because their stock was really, really high. 
Gable had two criteria losses to Guiz. We knew he was on that level. We had Mason Paris is a junior world champ who pinned a guy that Tech followed, Nick Wazdowski. Okay. So I feel like they were there. Vito beating Nick. I mean, I think Vito is a top four or five guy at 57 kilograms. Go ahead. Vito, Vito, just the way he looked, there was just like, he was just, he was crisp. He was on fire. He was rocking it. I mean, he can, like, wow. He can wrestle really hard for a really long time. He's very yeah. – he's so fast, and he's so dynamic. He's re- he's such a yeah. complete wrestler, right? It's like normally to be that dynamic and have that kind of speed, you're, there's, a, there's a give and take with that, right? Maybe you can't sustain oh, yeah. it for that long. He can sustain it for that long, and he can endure some of those sprints. He can get the legs. He's got great counters. He's good upper body. He's good yep. parterre. Yeah. Um, he Christian, maybe I had gives- someone say to me, a, a high-level coach. Uh, well, they're not coaching anymore, but Division One was a Division One coach, and they said to me, "I've been watching, uh, I've been watching Vito since ninth grade, and I and I cannot recall one person who's ever gotten as much better year over year. Where the the you know just for a long period of time, he said every single year he's making these gigantic improvements. I've never seen anyone do that in my career." who's done it that long. And I thought that was just like a really resounding compliment. Yeah. Uh, he he has made in, incredible games. You watch him in his high school matches. He was always pretty high level. He was ranked ranked fairly high. Beat Nick Seriano. He beat and, Nick Seriano. Uh, yeah. But he, he just the technical evolution in his game is tremendous. And, yeah, he's – I kind of um, – Kylie Gray kind of yells at me all the time for like when I don't put him in the Spencer, Dayton, Gilman strata, which he's I'm still – Okay, let's talk about I that. Think. Well, I do you think well, he is? Do you think in a year he is? Because uh, for me, it's like. But let's Spencer. not talk about a year, Christian. Let's talk five months. That's when he's got to do it at the Olympic no, trials. No, no, I'm saying a year, a year ago, he got beat oh. pretty soundly by yeah, Spencer Lee. Do you think he is one made up that gap? Two, in that Spencer has stayed at that level because I think I do, I don't know if I can go there. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going to say he's a favorite uh, against Spencer. I would never say that, right? But if all of a sudden he's in a six four match with Spencer, I'm not like, oh my gosh, where did that come from? I'm like, yeah, he's been getting a lot better. I, I could see that happening. Yeah. Um, same thing with Fix. You know, the one he went up six zero on Fix, and then you know he kind of got beat soundly after that, and that was we're talking mm-hmm. about. That was probably a gas tank issue. So. You know, if if he's in a good match with Fix, I'm not shocked. And then, you know, the, the one that I think we probably all would have liked to see this weekend, you know, Seth Gross is someone who we probably considered a top guy that we guess. And we're going to see him wrestle um, uh, Gilman in a couple weeks here, which should be interesting. But Seth Gross kind of – which he had a great weekend, and then he got hammered by Nishan in the last match, which I didn't see coming. And we watched Vito beat Nishan twice. Mm-hmm. So you want to say if you if you would have stopped before the gross Nishan match, you would say, yeah, Nishan's been training at a high school. He's just not kind of the same guy that he was. But then he goes Voter out, fraud. And- <laughs> which I would have said Kyle Brackey's right. I I think I texted you. I should have looked at Kyle Brackey. He I did look better that. as the weekend went on. Too. Yes, but then he killed Gross. He beat him twelve to four. It wasn't really all that competitive. And Gross said, "I think Gross is undefeated the rest of the weekend." Yeah, he did. So that not makes lose. that interesting. Yeah, I, I think Vito is is maybe four or five in in the fifty seven kilogram pecking order. I think he matches up of the big three, which I say the big three is Spencer Gilman Dayton. I think he matches up okay. with 
Gilman the best. And I'm curious what why, if you, why do you think that? I think that because of how dynamic he is, and that I just I feel like I know the kind of match that Gilman's going to want to wrestle that he wants to wrestle in the high level matches. It's about controlling the center and about getting to his single and finishing. He's going to score three or four points. He's not a huge threat against the best guys in parterre. So I think it's yeah. going to be a close match, right? I think, and if that's the case, I think Vito being as dynamic as he is, I think he's got a puncher's chance in that one. Whereas I think he's going to have a hard time getting to Dayton, even though he did score six points. I'm not uh, discounting that. And I just think Spencer... Yeah. Could be just in a different strata altogether. Yeah. Well, I so I remember in, in um, so this is December one year ago, right? Dece- December of last year. Um, I remember watching the the Spencer Vito match and thinking, here's what Spencer's so good. I remember thinking I was really impressed with some of the things that Vito did, despite the fact that he didn't score any damn points. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that was really that was really a great scramble, and Spencer was just just a little bit better, right? And sometimes. Honestly, in freestyle, this is my opinion. I, I could cite a few matches in the past, but sometimes you end up with a score that's 10-0, and you look at the match, you say, that was that was kind of close, mm-hmm. right? Where they get every every takedown is like a close scramble, or maybe I was on a good double, and then you chest wrap me, and you get four, and I get zero. Like, th- there's been 10, 10-0 matches, which on the surface, you just look at the result, you say, okay, that was a blowout. Where you look, well, that was kind of competitive, and that was... You know, when I watched the Spencer Vito, I I don't remember the exact scrambles right now because a year ago, but I remember thinking, "Wow, Vito did some really good things," but Spencer was just better, right? And that's just what Spencer does sometimes. Yeah, Kuhn versus Gable was a, a an example at the U.S. Open in twenty mm, yeah uh, nineteen or eighteen. I can't recall. Eighteen, eighteen, eighteen. Yeah, that was a very close tech fall win for Adam Kuhn. At least. I think it's close to what you're describing. <laughs> Doesn't it sound funny when we say that though? It was a close tie. It was a tight tech. It was a tech, but yeah. it was close. It was like when uh, Pat Glory wrestled Spencer Lee. Yeah, he got tech falled, and there were a bunch of people like, "Man, Pat, Lord, Pat Glory looked good." Well, <laughs> yeah, one, I mean, the one that comes most to my head was uh, the guy I coached actually, right? So it was Jacob Roshka, he lost ten o two. I don't recall if it was Whitman or Davison, one of the two. They were they were one two three that year. And he lost 10-0 at the UWWs in May. And I think, like, damn, he was in on, like, every takedown. He was really close. And it's like, it's 10-0, but I remember talking, like, it's not that far away. Like, you're, you're right there. It just You just kind of didn't finish every takedown or whatever. And then two months later, he beat him at Fargo to win the title there. And it was like, I, I watched that 10-0, and it wasn't really, t- you know, to me, it wasn't a big gap. It was a small gap that you lost every takedown by just a little bit. And then, obviously, he redeemed himself a couple years, a couple months later. Right, right. So that was, so- yeah. So Go ahead. to answer your question, I think the answer has to be Trent Hydley. Uh, for him to go f- four or five and zero, oh, five and zero, oh, and beat Miles Amin, uh, from a perception standpoint, stock up standpoint, that that to me is the biggest jump because in my mind, Vito didn't jump that much. In my mind, what about Car- what about Cartola though? Because Cartola, we just said he lost. He he went zero and one at the senior nationals last year. I mean, I remember that was literally a point that we talked about last week. And 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 my point all last week was like, we're hearing about this potential. We're hearing about how high Ohio State is on this kid, and they're not dummies, right? They've seen good wrestlers before. They know what a good wrestler looks like. So we're hearing this, but we've never seen it in a senior level competition. We've seen it in juniors. And so are we going to see it? And then, you know, he had a really, really good weekend. Yeah, I mean, I coming into the weekend, I had 
somewhat high expectations for him. I thought he was going to surprise us in a match or two, and I think I said as much. I said, I think he's going to come and he's going to, he's not going to be favored in any match except for against Javon Belfort, but I think he's going to, going to take one. And he did that, but the guys he beat compared to who Trent Hidley beat are not as accomplished internationally. And so I what think, are so win? I mean, the the big two, the, the obviously the Gant win. Gant's been really good, and then Mackay was the other big one. Am I yeah. missing one for Karchla? Um, no. I can go look There's at his no, results, but those wins. are the, those uh, are the two big ones. I think he, he beat, beat Elroy Perkin. He beat Tommy Gant. He beat Mackay. He beat Javon Belfour. Yeah, that's it. That's four. Okay. So yeah, I, mean, I, I guess the Mackay one was really like. He, he, I know he didn't tech fall him, but he, well, he, he almost did, right? I actually, I think I actually tweeted that when the refs called that four. I think I tweeted as a 13 0 over Makai. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they called that one back. Right. Um, but I mean, that, that performance was like, wow. Yeah. I was surprised, but, uh, to, to see Makai, I mean, to me, the story is like, Makai didn't look kind of how I expected him to. I think when you have a, basically a year away from competition, I think that's that's a factor. And I think the mad time was good for him, but getting dropped into that tough of competition, I think, uh, yeah, I was just surprised with his performance overall, I guess I'd say. I expected him to be a little better, and I think as he wrestles more, he's going to do better, and I think he's got to be able to generate his own offense and can't just count on Reattacks, even though his reattacks are insane and really, really good. I think that's a, an area of improvement for him, but I think it's the improvements he'll make, and he's got a lot, he's got plenty of time to make them. He's still only a freshman so or a sophomore. Yeah. Really a freshman. He could be a five time NCAA champion. Yeah. Um, I could. <laughs> kind of crazy. Hell? So, but yeah, why why are you hating on Trent Hiley? How many times do I got to say Trent Hiley? When are you going to give some credit to Trent Hiley? Nine times I, I said his name. I'm just trying to go through all the other possibilities before we get. Because listen, I think I think the answer is, if I had to go my, my order, it would be so biggest stock up, meaning where they are from compared to where they were. It would be it would be Trent Carson, um, Paris Vito uh, Gable Gable the least bump up because we thought he was right there. Right. Um, so I think I think he's the answer. I just wanted to go through all the other options because I I think the answer is Trent. And I think you know the answer, Trent. So you just want you just want to jump there right away and, and you know not waste any time. But you know I want to talk about some of the other possibilities. Did you? There were a lot of kids had great weekends. Yeah. Did you hear about the predicament he went through just to get there? No. Oh, what? Oh Tell my me. gosh. Uh, so him and Hayden went back uh, to Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving, and apparently Trent was around uh, his girlfriend who tested positive for COVID. Uh. So he found out, I think, the day before Thanksgiving that um, she tested positive. So he went and got a test, um, which he – it came back a couple of days later. It was negative. Um, so he was trying to find a way to be able to wrestle in this thing because he had the negative test. And um, they, they were essentially like, no, like not going to be able to. You got to do the 14-day quarantine. He said on Wednesday of the RTC Cup week, he's in line to get tested again. And he gets a call from his trainer at NC State. He's like, hey, CDC just changed the guidelines to seven days. <laughs> if you can get another negative test before the event, you can wrestle. Well, the test he was going to get there in Pennsylvania was not going to be back in time for him to wrestle. So 
Oh my god. NC State was like, if you get here, we'll we can get you your your rapid test. So him and his dad drive hop in the car, drive seven hours to Raleigh, get the negative test, drive back up oh my god, drive seven hours to Cincinnati, drops him off uh there Thursday night, and uh then he has this five and zero weekend and raises the roof on everybody. Stay woke on Pat Papalizio changing the CDC guidelines <laughs> from 14 to 7 days. I'm not saying... Wow, maybe he's got some black material over someone. I'm saying <laughs> Pat Pop will leave no stone unturned there. Yeah, I mean, what? and he hadn't trained. Yeah, he hadn't... He hadn't trained for yeah. like two weeks. He hadn't been able to train for at least, for at least a... For at least a week, he had not been able to train. He hadn't been able to wrestle because he, he was, he was quarantined. Because brother, his brother's probably quarantined also. Well, he was away from, uh, from my understanding, they got Hayden away from him until oh, they got the test back, the first one it. that said negative, because they didn't want him to be out too. Well, yeah. I just assumed that when you said it was his girlfriend and Thanksgiving that they were all together on Thanksgiving, but maybe I guess it was prior to or something. Yeah. Either way, I don't know. Uh, he... He, uh, Interesting. He got, yeah, I know. It's great, though. And think, you know, at the time, I was like, wow, well, how much Trent Hundley is really good, but is he going to make a big difference? He made a huge, I mean, he was, <laughs> he was incredible. You know, on paper, he was an underdog in a lot of these matches. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot go, of, go through, of them. Just go through his resume real quick. I'm, okay. I'm searching for he him. Beat NCAA, he beat NCAA finalist Brett Farr. He beat yep. NCAA champion Drew Foster. He beat fifth on the in the world, Miles Amin. He beat Sammy Brooks, um, been a guy on the senior level for a long time, and he beat Dominic Abinader. That's that's, that's, that's just like five legit dudes. He beat them all. And okay, what is what do you call the move that he hits? Because like, it's not just like an underhook. underhook. You could say it's like an underhook to a knee pick, but like I don't know, it's different. It's, it's different, different than anybody. I've never seen him do that. Okay, that I've way. always thought that, but I don't want to be like, "Wow, <laughs> come on, dude, you don't know." Yeah. I've never seen it. it. The 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 explosiveness no. and low to high and just runs through you like a leg, like a double leg, but it's not. Yeah. Well, because he doesn't even really get a great angle on it, and the amount of power he can generate from there. I mean, it, it's one of those things where this is like where I always tell my kids, strength does matter. Absolutely, like. That does not look like it should work against high-level wrestlers. If I saw him hit against some bums in high school, I'd say, okay, that's good against the bums in high school. And when he gets to high-level wrestlers, that ain't going to work. Give me a freaking break. But it works, so I got nothing else to say. I don't know exactly <laughs> what he does, but it freaking works. So go for it. Yeah, and it's like with with something like that, I'm like, who taught him that? Or did he just – I almost feel like he had to have happened upon it just based on yes, his skill set. Yeah. Don't you think? I, I think probably he learned a regular knee pick at some point, you know, and then he just started doing it a certain way. And, you know, for uh, to a certain extent, one of the reasons it probably worked in the beginning was because it was so abnormal and no one else ever felt it. I mean, I could say that for so a lot of my scrambles, like they work because no one knew what the hell I was doing. Right. And they didn't know how to defend it because of that. But now it's like people know that that is coming and it still works. So there's, you know, something with the, the power generation or the specific angle that he's figured out that that other people have not figured out. Because I've never seen Ellis do it quite like that. Yeah, I haven't either. And, man, I mean, he's 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 going to be a factor. You know, 86 is not our deepest weight uh, domestically as an Olympic weight. Um, you know, 
obviously David Taylor is still the king there until proven otherwise, and yeah. he's got some more rungs to climb to even get to that conversation. But man, I'm interested. This it's incredible where, where development. Where do you put Trey Headley after this? Because well, how high is Sammy Brooksman? Sammy Brooksman like fourth or fifth, maybe? Maybe. I, so I would say it's it's David, Bo, Zahid, Miles. Then Martin. I think we start getting into yes, Miles Martin, Darringer, uh, Dean, so, those guys. Oh, Darringer, Dean. Oh my gosh. We okay, that's a really out, good weight. <laughs> we put out new domestic freestyle yeah. rankings this morning. Oh, uh, so Taylor, Valencia, Martin, Nickel, Deeringer, Dean, Heidley, Jackson, Brooks, Luhan. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, now it's, it's kind of funny though hearing Aaron Brooks below Trent Heidley now, but I think you gotta do that, I guess. For right now, he's got better senior level wins. Yeah, I mean, Trent's been wrestling. Uh, I mean, but Aaron Brooks has beat him every time, correct or no? Well, have they wrestled Is, since? Have they wrestled since that Fargo, Fargo final? I don't know. I thought maybe they wrestled at UWF Juniors one time. Am I wrong on that? I'm trying to find out right now. They definitely did. Bro- they definitely did. Um, but I can't recall when or because he beat like Labriola and Aaron. Aaron beat Labriola, and I think. Think highly in the finals. Yeah. Hey, Piles, when you say 86 is the weakest weight and I hear you make that lineup, that isn't the case anymore. That's not, not even close. It's like, I know. damn, that was a, that well, was a pretty damn close. And, and for whatever reason, it's not as deep. Like 65 at the world level is so freaking deep, right? Where we don't, I don't think we have a guy in the top 10. If you go 86, we've had how many of those guys on that list have been at some point ranked in the top 10 of the world? Because it, it's a handful. David, um, maybe Bo. I don't know. Um, Miles, Zahid. Derringer was for sure. Yeah, da- and Derringer. Yeah, That's it's, four it's, guys who've been in the top 10 of the world. Yeah, okay. I, re- I retract my statement. <laughs> Gabe Dean coming out of retirement. I actually wonder. Gabe Dean coming out of retirement and Bo Nickel dropping down um, really changes that dynamic. Yeah. Has there, Christian, has there been another weight in America? This is a Kozak question. Has there been another weight in America that's had four guys in the top 10? Because 74, you definitely say three of them, right? You have Dake, Imar, and Burroughs. That, that's three for sure. Mm-hmm. Seven, 65, definitely not. Um, 57, 57 like. No way. Definitely not. You would consider Spencer a possibility, but he hasn't done the international competition, so he's definitely not in there. Heavyweight, maybe? I don't Quiz. think so, man. I don't. Who else would be uh, ranked? Quiz Stevenson, but Stevenson hasn't wrestled international senior level. No, he doesn't. Do, he doesn't hasn't wrestled uh, hardly any senior level overseas stuff, if at all. Yeah. Um. So definitely I mean, not it. No, I mean Mason Paris may be in the top ten because of the Zare win. I don't know. Um, I think he'd have to be ranked internationally now, but yeah, good, good, good question. I don't know. Um, shout out to Kozak, by the way. We got to meet him in person. Oh this yeah, listen, this man, <laughs> yeah. Ben, he uh, so he helped out all weekend, and then then the the event ended, and then the work began because we had to take <laughs> all the mats, roll them. Put them up, put them in these boxes, take them to a freight elevator, take them down, move them. It was a whole thing. He stayed for like several hours after to help us uh, load Whoa. up the boxes. It was, it was pretty awesome. So shout out John Kozak, a true man of the people. Okay. Um, do you, well, also, I, 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 I can't more. find another meeting right. between Hydley and Brooks. I thought yeah, they hit okay, a juniors so. too, though, Ben. 
I was gonna be imagining that. Um, man, hey, so the other, I know we're gonna talk about this maybe for the, the rest of today and tomorrow, but I want to retract a statement that I made, Christian. I oh. have long said I don't think duels are the format for a potential pro league at some point. Um, I thought individual UFC format cards like that, which you guys have done, I don't think that that can't be successful, but. There was something about the duels that was just very, very engaging for people this weekend. I mean, people were really into it. I was really into it. Um, you know, I don't know what it was, but people got really, really into the RTC Cup this weekend. I felt it on Twitter. Um, it was awesome. And now I feel like you could definitely put this into some type of pro format, um, you know, maybe a really tiny short season that uh you know the people could wrestle them but yeah man this was it was awesome this weekend yeah it was awesome one of our most watched events ever um the response on was it really uh, yeah one of the the response wow. on show, social was was great um yeah i i think there's something about the team dynamic i think every i here's here's what it may be who knows it's all hy- hypothetical but just that every aspect of every match really mattered Right, yeah, that, that, the, the end of every match. I mean, can can Jacob Cardenas get a point here? Can this guy do that? Can he extend his lead and get the tech fall? It all added up at the end, and I think, I think a couple of things contributed to that. One, every team was good. Right, there was there were really no holes to speak of. There was maybe one, um, and two, six weights. I think that was a huge. Factor two, right? I think if we had ten weights, because there can't be a runaway, or because that they, they, they were able to fill it with better guys, because it's only six. Both, I think there's there's it's just so hard. It's really hard to blow out a team with uh, in six match format when you have that many competitive teams. It's just really tough to do. It's tough to go four two and and five one. I think we had one five one. Wickton five one. No. Right? I don't four think two? so. What was it? I think it was 4-2. Four 4-2. Two. Four two. Because Nishan won, and um, I think they had Nishan one. Won. Ty, that was Ty, it. Ty Walls won. Ty Walls won. Yeah. Okay. He beat Dudley. Shout out Ty Walls. So. Like I said, he would. Ooh. He said it. He so, said hold on then, Christian, because one of the things I said last week, and I still felt it almost until you said this. But if so, if you did a seven match format, you're not going to have any three three ties. Which mm-hmm. uh, actually, I, you know, initially I was going to it. But then obviously, every match is uh, it's not going to be as important for the sense of classification points because it will be totally impossible for classification points to ever come into effect. Obviously, unless you made the dual winner just by classification points, not by the number of bouts, right? Which you could choose to do that if you wanted to. Um, so i don't I think you could go seven or eight potentially relatively easy. I think nine or ten would be too many um but I felt like se- seven or eight is maybe the right numbers. maybe you add um sixty one and seventy or somewhere in there. Well, I think if you were gonna add weights, it would be one of those two sixty one or seventy um and i I don't know which I don't know which would i is really like- not a bad choice either. Seventy nine yeah. would be a good choice. No, I wouldn't mind that. Man, I just like I just like a huge gap, Christian. That's 12, 12 kilograms between seventy four and eighty six. I know, I know, I know all this. I just you're probably right, but I think I really like the six weight format, and I don't really. Know if I, yeah, I really did. I thought mm-hmm. it was that was cool. And your to your point about the classification points, 
that's kind of how I mean that's how folk style determines dual winners, right? That's basically it's classification points in a way. They don't call it that, yeah, but essentially. Um, essentially it is. And I like the fact that okay, Spencer Lee gets a pin and Roman and Nick Lee get decisions and it's six six. I think that's really cool. I think that's a really cool aspect of the sport. Um I I think it'd be cool just to score strictly on classification points. UWW does it yeah. match count, then classification points. I would yeah. think it'd be kind of fun to throw out match count and, and make it all classification points. Yeah. The one thing I would say because I I would almost think you have to redo the classification points, Christian, if we're gonna do that exactly because they're the number one criteria. Because a pin is five, and then mm-hmm. a decision where they score a point is three and one, so it's only it's a two point gap. So essentially, you need two and a half wins to make up for a pin, and I feel like that, I feel like that's not representative of the value of the specific thing that's happening. It's a little you steep. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a little steep. A little steep. One pin. Yeah. Like, um, and I, I love pins, but it's just it's, t- it's just too much. Like. You, if you go four two and they get a pin, it's going to be almost impossible to make that gap up. Well, no, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. But it's, you have to get a bunch of check balls or something. But look at how rare pins are. Did we have one? I don't believe one yeah, was yeah. called. I think Ooh. there were multiple on the weekend. Uh, Foster, <laughs> I he might have uh, he might have packed them. I don't know. He was packed, so we don't know what we're saying here. Yeah, <laughs> I was annoyed. I texted you about that. I was annoyed. Christian, because two wrongs doesn't make a right. Yeah. Oh, that's well, what I was annoyed about. All right, yeah, because well, it wasn't. It was not two and two. You could have called the pin. That's fine. But obviously, since you did not, you can't review it and call a pin. That's impossible. So they gave him two to two to kind of make up for their other crap call. But two wrongs doesn't make a right. You know, in freestyle wrestling, you have to go all the way behind them to get your two point takedown. And if you don't do that, if you're on the side of them. You cannot have a takedown, so therefore it would only be a turn point. Now, I do think in freestyle, if you take them down and they go to their back, whether you go two and two, like it should be four points. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like um, the like the worst situation in freestyle, the most wrongly valued is when I somehow hit our knees first, and then I put you on your back and I hold you on your back, and you come off your back, and I only have two points. It's just like any other takedown. It's kind of lame, right? I agree. Mm-hmm. I think that is. It I is a-, a whole bunch of arguments that. I'm there. Sorry to blast no. you with like seven of them. <laughs> no, it's no, it's good. Um, and because I I needed reminding on the on what the two wrongs were, and yeah, I thought that was just a straight two. I think that's how that's supposed to be called. Um, but yeah, and he was probably pinned. pinned. How about Hydley not getting pinned? He looked. It was it looked close. I don't think. And now in that one, I don't think he actually was pinned. I think he fought, but I didn't have the best angle, and I, I didn't go back and rewatch it. But well, the problem is in freestyle they call them so it, it, a lot of times they call them so fast. I mean, it could be yep. as simple as I just rolled over my shoulders mm-hmm. and boom, it's pin. You know, so um, you know I do like I do like the faster pin call. Um, but man, I I uh, I, I don't know. Sometimes they I think if trends overseas, they probably call that. Oh yeah, yeah especially if wrestling a Russian. Yeah. Uh, Kozak <laughs> says pins are super rare. Didn't have one this tournament. Only happens seventy percent of the time in the twenty k matches seven, he has on seven, record. Seven. seven John Kozak's got twenty k matches. On- Stop, John Kozak. You're lying. No, there, he was telling me about twenty thousand. His Stop. website, Stop. all of the results he has in there. Yeah, it's insane, man. There's, how, there's even been twenty thousand freestyle matches <laughs> ever. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 
This is over like, of course it happened. Man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's Codex hilarious. Lion. Codex oh juking the numbers. Um, Seriously. 7%. Actually, 7% she- is a- she- <laughs> Clay Davis. Um, we are uh, 20%. Seven percent is actually a little higher. I would have said I would have thought it'd be under five percent pins. Seven percent's one of fourteen matches. Yeah, that does seem a little high, huh? Right. I mean, I mean, techs oh. are rampant, right? But pins are yeah. incredibly rare. It's over three years, over one hundred and fifty tournaments. One hundred and fifty tournaments. Oh, now I know he's lying. You see, you know, at first. I knew there. I knew there wasn't twenty thousand matches ever in the history of freestyle wrestling, and now he's saying <laughs> it's just three years. <laughs> I, I, last week I wanted to hire Coach. Now he's fired for lying. This man oh, is a liar. No, this, no this he's not. Man, the no, Reverend not. is not lying, Ben. <laughs> Come on. Jeez. <laughs> um, um, okay. What was I gonna say? Oh. Oh. I, while we're talking pins, rule, pins. rules and stuff, yeah, we were talking about pins. We're talking about rules. So the. I have a. I'm curious. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, Ben, but the grounded rule in freestyle wrestling. Oh, I, I think last week. Okay, I hate it more every time, every tournament I see. It's so dumb. If you're neutral, it should be a push out. Should be a push out. And listen, it's gonna like every rule in wrestling. If you have a rule, wrestlers are going to wrestle with the rule, and they're going to try to game the rule. And yeah. I don't fault any wrestler ever for gaming the rule, uh, unless you try to fake a hands to the face. If you try to like duck into a hands to the face. Uh, but other than that, um, I don't mind the, I don't mind you gaming it. And I thought the end of the Yanni uh, green match, the second one, I thought, man, I think, I think they need to re look at the grounded rule. And I think they need to consider giving a point because Yanni intelligently wrestled the edge, but, um, you know, I feel like it just doesn't... Hey, Christian, it's simple. You're right. This this should not be a hard argument. I don't know why they haven't changed it because it's been, you know, really what push-outs came to be in uh, 2006-ish, I'm guessing. I think I'm close to right there because I was wrestling then. Um, possibly five, possibly seven, but I think six is, 2006 is the year. And if if you look at it, people didn't get good, really good at edge wrestling until a couple of years later, but we've had almost a decade of this, and it's been garbage the entire decade. Like, if you're in the neutral position and you go out of bounds, whether you're grounded or not, it should be a point. It's that simple. You would take all you would take all this garbage edge stuff out of the wood. You take a whole bunch of questionable calls out of it. It makes everything so much better. Yeah, and what I'm just curious what they're trying to avoid. Like what what problem do they think they're solving by There's no by negative having, to it. Yeah. I mean, there there might be. I just can't really think You're of it. You're smart. What is it? I'm I not. thought of it. You're smart. Tell me. I haven't thought of it, and I'm not smart. Kozak's so. got 20,000 matches. Kozak, tell us what Kozak, the negative is. 20,000 matches. Hey, explain to me why there, there's um, this grounded rule. I don't. I, I truly don't understand it. Um, and it. And it's so simple to solve. I mean, right here, Christian, you and I, we came up with the solution. It's not like you have to be a brain scientist. You just say, listen, if there has not been a takedown scored and you go out of bounds, it's a point. It's that simple. I like it. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think about if you're in on an attack, you're shooting a single leg and you're trying to get it down and your foot steps out, that your opponent scores a point. So if that gets rewarded, which 
you know, I'm probably fine with staying stay the mat. Then dropping down because you're on the edge and sliding backwards because your opponent is trying to run behind you, or even yeah. or even getting dropping to your knees and backing yourself out of bounds. Which happens a lot. Which happens. Nice. That's just no, that's no bueno. Uh, I don't like that rule. No. I think they should change it. I think it would, uh, would improve the... Improve wrestling overall. So I submit that. But let's talk about Yanni because I felt like this was the first time we'd seen full go healthy Yanni in a little bit, maybe a year. I mean, I think at senior nationals, that wasn't the guy that ran through the U.S. Open, in my opinion. And I think health is a huge component there. I thought he looked really, really good. I thought James Green looked good down at 68. And really? yeah, I think he looked. I mean, I don't compared. Feel, uh, well, but hold on. I don't feel like he had the same energy. I feel. I. It's really weird. I feel like there's like um, this component of James Green where once he gets below a certain weight, he doesn't compete optimally. I'm trying to pull up his whole resume here. Give me one second. I mean, dang it! Why won't it show me? Um, well, obviously, there's the Etchemendia first round where he he was losing that match till 30 seconds left, or mm-hmm. maybe, maybe possibly even even less than 30 seconds left. Um, and then obviously he takes the two Yanni losses and I, you know, I love Yanni, but I picked James Green to win those matches. So man, I, I really don't feel, I feel once he gets below that 70, he's just not quite as effective, um, as he is up at 70. I don't, I don't know that I disagree, but at the same time, well, one, the Etchemendi match was three hours after the. The way right after, right? So it was right after. So I mean, he's probably feeling it a little bit there, and he still won. He was able to win the match late, also. Two, we don't know. How, we still are not entirely sure how good Etchemendi is. Um, yeah, but did you see how tired he was? Okay, they were both tired. There was that one exchange. Shoot, I should have. Well, I didn't know we were talking about this, but I should have had Tyler get this ready. The one clip where uh, he's trying to push him out. It's in the second period. It's towards the end, and he like pushes him out. And Etchemendia stops, but they're not quite out of bounds. He's like, honestly, he's so tired. He's, uh, he just gives him like this little more push to get him out of bounds. You guys remember what I'm talking about? I actually don't. Really? I, I think oh, that, sorry. yeah, I think that tied it. I that tied that, it, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but it was such an exhausted play. You could see how tired he was. He just gritted it out. Uh, and obviously Etchemendia being tired also made it him capable to do that. But he, he was really tired. He got, I mean, Congrats! He gutted it out, right? Which is a way you got to get wins. But uh, the ga- James Green at sixty-eight just not the same as James Green at seventy. So James put out in in his blog. I mean, you know, I tweeted it and it was speculated, and he tweeted about it too, sixty-five. But it sounds like he's going sixty-five for sure. Um, yeah. Which is oh, here's here's the push out. Go ahead, Tyler. Oh, we um, got this. Nice. Yeah, we've got it. Um, he's got him on the edge. Watch out. Watch how tired this is. Watch this. Watch this. Okay. It's coming up in a couple seconds here. He gets here. He, the ref doesn't call it, though. Look how tired he is. And then he decides to drive through at the end. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could, if he gets a takedown there, he's winning the match. But because he only gets a push out, it's tied. Look how, just rewind that couple seconds. Like, Tyler. It was the first right match here. Like, off the scale, too. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was so tired there. I mean, he figured out a way to get it done, but wow, he he was he was exhausted. So, I thought, I, I mean, for the first time wrestling down at that weight in 
since 2016. I thought it was I thought it was a pretty strong performance. He lost both Yanni matches by criteria, right? Yes. Yeah. So he's clearly right there. Um, I, I'm. Yeah. I thought, and but, you know what? I thought Yanni looked really he's good. Clear right there. He is, but the, here's the problem: the James Green, the wrestling is not the problem. He's adequate wrestling. The problem is this is 68. He's got to mm-hmm. make 65. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's been a while since I cut weight. I don't know how long it's been since you cut weight. Three kilograms, that is a lot of weight. When we're talking about sucking ourselves out, dude, three kilograms is a freaking eternity. Like, that is a long, long ways. Yeah. No, I'm not I'm not trying to uh, understate that. I, I'm not, really. <laughs> but, um, you know, all, all we can – I. I'll say this. I'm glad he's going down because yeah, I think, and you know, we kind of, I've said the opposite. Like, listen, we know what he's going to be at 65. We saw it at 16. He's just not the same guy, but he's clearly not big enough for 74. He has not grown at all. And yep. you roll the dice that you recover and you've got a shot to make the team. I just don't see yeah. any scenario on full feed him making the team at 74 when you consider the gauntlet he would have to run. Even if he wrestled his very best day, it's it's coming to an end in the finals against Jordan. And even him beating an Imar and a a, a Dake is you know, those, those that would be a long shot in my mind. So, I'm glad he's going down. He says he feels different. He said he feels very different at 68 than he ever felt in 16 when he got down to 68. So, I think that's notable. Really? Yes. It's it's different this time. Now, as you said, it's three more kilos. But I, I'm not I'm not here's my thing. Here's where I'm at with, with James Green. Throw out the weight right now. Just st- throw that out for a little bit. I thought we saw um a really, really good version of Yanni, close to one of the best versions we've seen in, in a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And James was right there with him. Yanni is is one of is on the very very short list of guys that can make the team at 65. Yeah. And James was right there with him. His first time off the scale this low in a little bit. He's got months and months and months to figure it out. We're going to see him at the eight man in 2 weeks. Um he's on the short list for guys that can make the team at 65. That's all I'll say. Kozak Kozak is a freaking gem. He just tweeted me and said, I have 19,242 senior-level matches recorded in our freestyle database. Here's oh. how frequent the text pins and radios are. There have been 10,420 decisions for a 54.1%. Tech falls, 5,949, 30.9%. And pins, 1,417 for 7.6%. Wow. To me, a tech being... Here's a thought. Should techs be bumped up to like 15 or 20? I don't think – I don't think – easy to get to 10 now with the current scoring system. Bottom line, even throw that out. Obviously, it's it's somewhat easy to do or for it, happen, it happens – a technical fall, the match being terminated should not happen 31% of the time, right? Because it's easy to get there. I know. It's but like I'm if saying, I put the no, home run fence at 270 feet, Christian, all of a sudden someone would have a whole 100 home runs. You wouldn't say it's good. You'd say the fence is too damn short. So you're right. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Um, 10 Texas, 10 well, points is, it used to be less. Well, if, no, but if, 
Uh, well, it was six and six, but if you think back in those scoring systems, one for take- the majority one. of the time, it was a one-point takedown. So if you think like, dude, if I get four takedowns, I'm only up four to zero. Like, and I mean, obviously, when you when you change the one-point takedown to a two-point takedown, it also changes the, the dynamics of a lot of things. Because say, um, you know, in old scoring system, <laughs> one-point takedown, if I try to go for a turn, my turn is essentially worth three of your takedowns, Christian, because if you have two one-point takedowns versus my two-point turn, I, I win the match, right? Because the higher scoring value. You have to get three takedowns to beat one turn. So I, I would say, listen, I like the current scoring system more. I think it's more representative of what a fair match is. Your My one turn should not be your three takedowns. That should not happen. Um, but yes, I wouldn't be. I would not be put out if they moved the score, tech scoring, especially for senior level matches up to fifteen. I think that'd be the fair. Yeah, and we'd see, we would. I'll say this: we would see some guys come back from 12, 13, 14 points down. Like we've seen it with the nine O's and the eight O's. I mean, look at what Quiz did, putting up twelve, um, eighteen. Just, yeah, he put up eighteen points. total, and um. Wasn't weren't techs at one point eight with the new freestyle rules? Mm, Kozak, I don't remember that. Kozak, Kozak, what's our answer? I'm pretty sure there was a time when takedowns became two in like the fourteen fifteen era, where techs may have been. It could be missing. If it was, it was for like a month. Yeah, it was was never for. It was maybe in the same era as the almost takedown. Aren't you thinking about oh the almost takedown like the worst rule ever? That was incredibly dumb. Can you imagine the almost takedown? Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I'm often wrong. So who knows? Uh, other thoughts? Oh, I was actually less than a year. Yes, but it happened. Um. Damn it. It's okay. Um. Ne- next thing. Um. Well, what do we want the next thing to be? Do we, have we have we delved I, deep enough into no, into heavyweight yet? Oh, I know we haven't delved deep well, enough into RTC Cup, but like there's there's like fifty other topics we can hit. Yeah. Uh, okay, go wherever you want because uh, yeah, I mean, I think we should definitely talk more about the RTC Cup. All right, I want to talk about heavyweight just a little bit more. The Gable win over over Nick Wisdowski. Um Some of the the differences. The, that I thought of were big. One, and I think Nomad actually pointed this out. Like, uh, there was a position in Final X last year or whenever, 2019, where Gable was in on a shot, extended, and Quiz was able to run behind. And he got to that position yep. again, and he was able to gut it out and just hang on. Another thing I thought mm-hmm. that Gable, Gable did with high to high effect is an, a position he's pretty underrated in is his underhooks. He's really good from there. And he shot under, came up with an underhook, and kind of like ran Gwiz to the mat and kind of limped arm and got the first first takedown. So I think he made yep. some some real technical adjustments there. Is your thought now that um, Gable's Gable's the man to beat? And what what's the probability that, that Gwiz makes the adjustments to, to beat him in April? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think Gable's the favorite. Um, I think we had an idea that that might become the case this weekend and it did. And listen, this isn't saying Gwiz got bad. Like if you tell me Gwiz made the team and he, and he, he meddled at worlds, not all that shocked. 
Gable can too. G- Gable's that good. Mason Paris might be that good also. Right? I'm not. I'm not as sold that Mason Paris can do that at the world level as I am. Gable is. Gable's good everywhere, man. He doesn't really have any glaring weaknesses. Uh, he's powerful. He moves well. His cardio's solid. He can attack. He can defend. I mean, like, you know, what glaring weaknesses are there for Gable? Uh, to me, the answer is there are none. No, I, I would agree. The one one thing that I think we saw in his final X series was six minutes hard wrestling. Can he do it? Yeah. Could he do it? Because I think he didn't quite have it to finish the matches or to get that extra point when he had to get it. He didn't have it. So I think if there is one, I think that would be an advantage that Mason might have over him. Quiz Quiz can get tired too at times, right? Mason, I don't know. That that guy, he could be one of those dudes that just can wrestle, wrestle, wrestle all these positions. But, but Mason's big, his hole is as good as he is, as many points he can score, he gave up. 25 points in two matches to Nick Wazdowski. This guy gives up points. He can get scored on. He can get countered. He can get taken down. Um, now, he just gets better and better every time out. And he's he won the match, uh, the second match against against Quiz. So I'm not throwing that out. But when you're giving up that many points, it's, it's tough. And Gable is a guy who is really hard to score on. I don't know if you're going to be able to get to count on getting six, eight points on Gable because Gable probably going to get six to eight points on him. So I, my yeah. perception hasn't really changed Gable versus Mason, although please right. give me that match. I want to watch it. I want to I mean, see what happens. You're, you're right on that, Christian. I mean, I don't feel like Mason can score that much on Gable. Gable is very, very solid defensively. Um I don't think Gable matches up as well. I'm sorry. Paris matches up as well uh, with Gable as he does other people. But, you know, at this point, I would love to see Mason Paris at the world level against some of these guys who really don't know who he is. I think he could shock some of the really good guys. I really do. He's got this power that's just so uncanny at heavyweight. I would love to see it. I think the way to go for for Mason to get back in the match uh, or to get – to be Gable, he's got to make it somehow about pace and a lot of attacks. He's got to make it a shootout without somehow putting himself in too many compromised positions. I know that's kind of like, that's sort of obvious, but I think he's got to, he cannot abandon the volume approach, right? Because I think he's going to need, he's going to need a lot of shots on goal to take, to take Gable down, but he's not going to be able to do it um, wrestling a calculated chess match against Gable. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for yeah. him to do. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's one where it's a shooter shoot, Christian. Because if you think about the uh, yeah. the Gwiz match when he was up eight zero, he got up eight zero because he was shooting, right? But then, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Gabe, Gwiz got the first takedown off of a, a go behind or a reattack? Right? Yes, he had. I think his first yeah. two <laughs> takedowns were off. Uh, yeah, he was just and honestly, Ben, at, coming into the second match, I was like. I think I even said this to Bader. I was like, Quiz is going to 10-0 Mason this match. <laughs> like, I was like, really? Gonna, yeah, I was like, I just felt like, okay, he felt it. He figured it out. He, I mean, he was just countering his, his shots. And I was like, all right, he got close this time. Mason's awesome. It's going to be a little bit. Someday, maybe. Not yet. I really thought he was going to do it. And it was, instead, it was Mason that made the adjustments, right? And yeah. 
And even huh? still, Gwiz still almost won. He got the two and two late. I mean, how clutch was that? When he did that, I was like, that was, that match was awesome. That was an amazing match. And and Gwiz, Gwiz really did wrestle very well. And him digging deep that late. I mean, he has he has kind of uh, really tremendous poise. He was down 8-0, comes back in tax. He was down three, gets a clutch two and two with under 30 seconds to go. And then I just didn't think Mason would be able to get another one. And I think the adjustment that Mason was making was that right hand of his was catching that foot. So he was sweeping left, and he was able to catch that foot. And that was making a, a, a huge difference. And that was something he wasn't able to do in the first match. Yeah, 100%. Um, hey, so what do we make of Gable saying he's going to retire? I don't necessarily believe him. And then also, did you see he got uh, he went back and forth with uh, Anthony Kassar? And Kassar might have got the best of him on Twitter, right? Maybe not. Oh, I didn't see that. that. But- you didn't there, see this? There's uh, a lot of Twitter fun. But so I, the ender, at least the last one that I saw, was Kassar said something like, can't be a rubber match when it's 0-2. Or so, something to that effect, you know? Oh, that's but, a, that is a good point. But Gable good never said it was but, a rubber match. That was yeah. what I didn't Yeah, understand. but Gable said something like, I have one more match I want to get before I retire. Yeah, he said, I want one more match. Right? Is that what yeah. Said? Yeah, well, need one more match. I guess Kassar said, listen, you can beat me once. You'll still be down one uh, two to one to me, but listen, I think, um, well, I have a couple opinions about Gable saying uh, I'm retiring after wrestling this year. Um, because on the one hand, I do feel like Gable is ready to move on with whatever's next for his career. And I don't know if it's, I don't, I mean, is he going to quit college wrestling after sophomore year? I don't, I don't know. Um, I do so – on the one hand, I do know that he's probably not a guy that's going to be around wrestling through tw- three quads or whatever. But on the other hand, um, I think he may be playing a little bit. This is something that you see a lot of, like, stars do. Like, you know, how many times does Conor McGregor say he's going to retire? All these stars say they're going to retire, and they come back. And not it's not something you see in wrestling very often. But yeah. Gable's just kind of a unique personality. Um so I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to retire um, after this year, right? I think, I mean, if he wins the Olympics, maybe he does. Maybe he says I'm done, <clears throat> but. Yeah, I mean, th- that would be that would be the one right there. If he's able to make the Olympics and win the Olympics, I could absolutely see him walking out on top. Um, and then, you know, obviously before before that point, he would hopefully for him, be able to win an NCAA title. And then that would be the NCAA title, the Olympic team, the Olympic gold. And then, you know, he could go into, he, I it seems like he's more interested in WWE than MMA, which, which is interesting to me. Um, because the, the one thing that said, that would say to me is, you know, he wants to be this big star, which obviously he's great. I, I think part of his, he wants to be a star, right? And WWE would make him that for sure. And he's got the personality for it. But the other thing is, Christian, he's only 21 or 22 right now. That is not going to satiate his competitive appetite. He is going to go do that. He's going to think, I want to do this for a few years. And this this dude's going to be chomping at the bit to come compete in something quickly, right? So even if he does walk away, it ain't going to be for good. This guy, this guy's a competitor. He wants to compete. He he will be back. Mark my words on that. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. Uh... Well, I don't really get WWE all that much, but why? What don't you get about it? Okay, let me help you. Well, 
<laughs> one, why people like it, but let's not tackle that. Uh, two, yeah, he's an amazing wrestler. Incredible. And he's a good personality. But is it just some guarantee he's going to be a millionaire on the WWE stage because he's big and awesome they at, want, they at want real him. wrestling? Yeah, but... They want him bad. Okay, but that doesn't... You... If they just knew everyone that was going to be a star, then it would just happen. I don't... Th- Listen, well, okay, I don't, so, uh, I don't me, understand me, the business uh, at all. Uh, but I just don't uh, think it's got, that simple. I got you. I got you. I was just there. I was there in October. Okay, here's the deal. They have a freaking star factory there, Christian. They know how to. They're going to have a handful of stars that make a million dollars a year, every single year, right? It's not a competitive thing. The WWE will have a group of people that make a million dollars. Okay, so here, here's what they here's what they know about Gable because he's a wrestling star. When they get a wrestler, they know they can move the right way. They know they're tough enough, and they know they're going to work. Right, they know those three things they're going to get out of wrestlers. That is why they have, on a very regular basis, came to the amateur wrestling world and got some wrestlers. Okay, those three things are given. Now, what you what you're necessarily not going to get out of a wrestler is the personality and the ability to speak really well, right, in a manner that's going to make you a superstar. And with Gable, you got that already. So, so all of the things that you need, you know, your bases are covered. And if I'm the WWE, I'm like, oh, that's that's going to be easy. Making him a star ain't going to be hard, okay? We already know he's going to work. We already know he can move. We already know he's tough. And, and, you know, he's not a great, great trash talker yet, but he puts himself out there. He's pretty charismatic. We can, we can get him there. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking 100% bona fide star. The only way is, uh, you know, maybe he, like, gets too much money, buys a fancy car, and he, he goes off the deep end or something. That would be literally the only thing I'm worried about. I mean, look what he's been doing since he was in high school. He knows how to piss everyone off in the wrestling community. Yes. He knows knows exactly what he's doing. He's been doing it since high school. Literally. Since he shushed the snake pit as like a sophomore. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said. I just, you know, I don't know. I feel like there have been a lot of heavyweight, awesome heavyweight wrestlers that don't end up going that route or like, I don't know. Not everyone's a star. I mean, Brock Lesnar is an example, but I feel like we've seen but other. There's a whole bunch of guys that you don't know, Christian. That I mean, like Levi Cooper, who's Arizona. He's he's kind of a big star. The guy uh, is he though? Is he though heavy machinery? Is he really a big star? He's he's doing very well for himself. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, Denzel Desjardins becoming a big star. Uh, the kid Nathan Everhart from uh, Indiana. He was from Indiana. He he got hurt, but he was a big star. Chaz, Chaz Betts, he's a big star. Bobby Lashley. I mean, I, we can name a whole bunch of guys who came from the wrestling world and they made it big in WWE. Okay. Listen, bottom line, I don't want it to happen. I want him to wrestle, but um, Gable needs to do what's best like, for him. Seems like it's not up he to can't me. Stop it anymore. No, he can't stop of course it anymore, not. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's he's got a goal. He should get it. Um. It doesn't mean I'm going to be happy about it because I don't watch WWE. I watch wrestling, and um, so I, I will miss him. But I will wish him luck, whatever it's real he does. To me, damn it! Yeah, it, it's real to that guy and maybe some others. But I like the real, real. Um, that's what does it yeah. for me. Okay. Um, well, but hold, we, hold on, hold on. You know who else should go to WWE? Who? <laughs> Oh no! Oh, Don, Don Bradley and uh, <laughs> Anita. 
already got I don't practice disagree. running and stuff. Oh, so funny, Ben. Listen, Don Bradley's what? He, he's hilarious. Um, <clears throat> so Don Bradley basically is giving his own commentary during the match. I don't know. If, yeah, you weren't in what there, Rick. So no, I was relegated. He's uh, yeah, Bracky. Oh man, so this is a whole other thing. But Bracky had to. Bracky goes to Cincinnati wor- to work the event. And he has to sit in the hotel lobby the whole time because <laughs> the internet was so bad in the venue that real c- content and marketing couldn't even get on the internet because production needed all of it. It was like I won't get into oh the in- industry jargon, but it was like a really low speed, so they needed all that for a stream. So Bracky had to just get be kicked out and uh, work from there. So thank him for his service. But anyways, Don Bradley's sitting there. He's like uh, during the veto. Uh, Nishan match. He's just like, I don't know. He's just like casually just kind of giving his thoughts. Like, wow, that was great. Blah, blah, blah. But at one point, someone runs someone into a, a chair or something. Or to, maybe I forget which well, Gwiz, duel it was. Gwiz threw, uh, I almost commented, uh, Gwiz threw Gable into Gable. a chair. He only got one point for it. But it's like, I thought Gable may be practicing for a future career getting thrown into chairs. Yes, it could have been. Um, but it wasn't that duel. It was a duel that Dom was in. And someone gets run into the bleachers or the chairs or whatever. He he just like he immediately goes, it wasn't me this time. And it was really fun. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a callback to him slamming Hamida into the thing. And then Trent Heidley did the most damage of all when he uh, destroyed our television. But shame on us oh. for having a television that close. It's kind of like the for most real. predictable television breakage ever. Uh, yeah, his <laughs> Heidley... Hadley's mom tweeted uh, uh, back to our video of uh, him breaking the TV and said, this is why I keep nothing valuable in our house. <laughs> yeah, I could see him being a, a, a destructive child. When um when he was raising the roof after beating Amin, Hayden picked up one of the chairs that they were sitting on and was just shaking it over his head. <laughs> They're just wild. <laughs> They're really great. Guys, we talked about this last year. I think they should literally set up stuff for them to break. Like... Trent gets done with the match, and he just comes and hammers, boom, hammer smashes this chair. Tell yeah. me that wouldn't be, like, the most awesome thing ever. Or, like, maybe he picks up Hayden, he slams it through a table. Like, that would be the best ever. We should totally do that. Okay, there's a couple options that my mind's racing now. One, I just think that having a drywall uh, sheet there. Yeah. Just like, just, like, he wins, you just wheel something in, and he just gets a full head of steam and just runs through it, one, like the Kool-Aid <laughs> man. Two, <laughs> I think there's something you could do with watermelons. He could smash them, destroy them. I could see him just picking one up and slamming one on the ground and eating it. I don't know. I think it, there's there's some different things that you could do with Trent. Oh, yeah. Uh, with him destroying things. So, I don't know. I'm just saying look into it. Every time the match gets over, he gets to break something. Yeah. I mean, he deserves it, right? He yes. should get to shatter something. Um, <clears throat> okay. Next, next thing up. We haven't even talked about... The Daggone Cliff King Wrestling Club won this thing. It was oh, yeah. a it, they were I think when when Dake and Dean were out, I think conventional wisdom said this this is the team to beat. But what we saw is it's just because you have the best team, it's really really hard to win, right? They had a they had a match that they won over Wolfpack who actually went 0 2 on the first day come down to not even classification points. I think it came down to match, match points, points, technical yeah. points. So yeah. they were that they were that close, which, again, I think that goes back to – I think that's another thing, Ben. What? Just kind of going back to why people were yeah, into this. I don't classification because Pentelio and Gross got the tech falls. Um, <clears throat> what, what's that? Or was that the second day? 
No, I, I'm talking about the first time Wolfpack and Cliff Keen wrestled. It was 46-45. Match points. Match points. Oh, you're right. right. The, second, the second day was classification points. Th- that's another thing, Ben, but why people are into this, it's like it, it, there's a live shot for any of these teams to win. There was like a legitimate chance. It's not I kind of know how it's going to go. You really don't. You really don't yeah. know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So so anyway, but Cliff Keen, uh they, they look great. They had a full squad. And, you know, for me, one of the other guys, we haven't even, I don't even know if he said his name yet, but a guy that looked really good was Alec Pantelio. And I think he's mm. another guy that is just, yeah. he's just squeezed between two weights that aren't for him. I think he's too big for 65. And I think he's too short, too small for 74. Yep. I do think he's interesting at 74. I don't know about, um, but you know what? If we, if we can say that James Green looked good at, 68. How can we not say that maybe yeah, Alec Pantelio Kitty makes 65. That's a, Guys, three kilograms is, is so far. I think these guys are just great 70-kilogram guys, and they're screwed by the idiocy of the IOC and UWW that there's only six Olympic weights. Having six Olympic weights is a bad decision. I get – well, it's not UWW. It's strictly right. the IOC, right? Yes. It's the IOC's decision to only give us a certain amount of weight classes, and we, now we have the same weight classes in 2024 also. Um mm. That is just not enough weight classes for grown men because the gaps are too large. These guys are great 70s, but they, they just can't make 65, and they're too small for 74. Yes. Um, it's too bad. I, I don't know. I feel, what if Pantelli just went all in on just, and just got really big? And he is so – he is really fast. He is he's super quick. I don't Powerful. know. Yeah. Um, he's a powerhouse. I, I'd like to see him, but he looked really good. I think he was – um, him or Mason, probably the the team MVP for for um, for Cliff Keen. Um, what what other thoughts other than congrats to um, Cliff Keen Wrestling Club coming on? Well, with those, those two teams, I, I love that they they pretty much wrestled with their own squads, which is a, that's a big one for me, Christian. I know you think whatever, get out of here with that crap. Cliff Keen picked up Seth Gross. Um, I think there's a chance they could have won without him with Regis. And obviously with Meechik's in there, then I, th- I think you'd think that uh, Meechik wins the same match that Gross did. And mm-hmm. Wolfpack pretty much wrestled with just their squad, um, which I loved. They had Darren Cruz, I think, one or two times. But, <clears throat> but the last five weights were all Wolfpack, and then they, they actually did wrestle Camacho a lot. So I loved that those two. Uh, and then the third one that wrestled pretty much just their squad was um, – Gopher. They picked up, I think, Evan Wick, but everyone else was strictly Minnesota. So I, I you know, I would not be I actually I would be in highly in favor of being able to only use your own guys next time. I know you guys don't like that, but that, that's a big one for me. I love that about NC State. Um it was Cliff Keen, mostly Cliff Keen guys, and then Minnesota the same way. I don't dislike it. Yeah, we don't dislike it. It's it was just, just it's a little idealistic. Uh six I mean, how many RTCs in the country have Six, six athletes, six Olympic yeah, athletes at six Olympic weights. College too. They can use their college guys. Some can, some can. Okay, just okay. This is one year, Christian, where there's uh, there's uh, regulations that prohibit them from doing so. But in future years, as long as you pick the right time frame, I mean, pick during the college season. Obviously, it's not going to happen. But if you pick, say, an earlier fall time frame, maybe right just after Worlds, or maybe sometime in the spring, you're you're going to be able to use your college guys and. You know, and honestly, you know, I, I know Burroughs. I kind of went back and forth with Burroughs, um, not angrily, but just about, about this because I think he was a big fan also. And he said, you know, all post collegiates, but it's like 
guys, we're getting to the point where a decent amount of our top 10 guys at every weight class are college guys. Yeah. They are, right? I mean, we are getting to the point where we're better younger, which is where we need to be because other countries, I think what the average age of world champ is like 22 or 23. So that, that we need to be where we're, our guys are better. So we do need the college guys in here. We yes. absolutely need. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that. And I mean, there's a lot of examples of, oh, we're just better younger, right? That, but like there's, then there's a, uh, you know, there's like the Spencers and the Kyle Snyders and the Yannis, yeah. right? But then there's guys like, like Trent who are really good in high school and number one ranked. And within two years, they're, I mean, is Trent a top 20 guy in the world? Is he a top, I mean, he's top 10 in the country. There's just a lot of guys like that too. Maybe not a lot, but there's so many more than there used to be. So yeah, the college guys have to be in, in consideration. I mean, you know. And the other thing, Chris, I think maybe you're not taking into consideration. If you add, if you go a few more teams, if you go to eight or you go to 10 or you go to 12, uh, right? if Wisconsin has a team, Gross and Wick aren't going to be wrestling for the team. They're going to be wrestling for their own team, right? So you're not going to be able to pick up those guys. You know, if, uh, if Iowa has a team, Sammy Brooks isn't going to be wrestling for Ohio. You know, NJRTC and Southeast, they should split. They can make their own teams. Then they're not going to be wrestling for each other. So if you do all, if you also add in more teams, which I think would be a goal of you guys doing this again, um, you're probably going to have more teams, 8, 10, 12, somewhere in there. And that's also going to decrease the likelihood that you have all these pickups because they'll be wrestling for their own teams. Yes, true. Don't disagree with that at all. Um, okay, you mentioned Jordan Burroughs. This this uh, Burroughs dake back and forth. Did you see oh this, Oh, my ben? goodness. Oh, my I, I did word. not see it live. One of my assistant coaches at AWA told me about it, and I'm like, I missed this. <laughs> These two, can we get them on the pod? Remember when they had them on the FRL one time? That was like the funniest thing ever. These two freaking, they genuinely don't like each other at all. It's awesome. It's hilarious. Let's get him back on after all to debate this. It is hilarious. Uh, if you want to pull up the tweets, uh, Tyler. So it started, you know, Burroughs is just sitting back watching RTC Cup. And he's like, no day, huh? That's kind of funny. Like, let me have a little fun on Twitter. Watching Jordan Belfort wrestle uh, Mikai Lewis. Javon, right? No, it's Jordan Belfort. Jordan, Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort. Yeah. Oh, we'll call him Jordan now. I thought you, hey, <laughs> Spartan RTC. You guys had to go to Canada to find a guy at 74 kilograms. I thought you had a guy. And then, I mean, the back and forth, it's pretty funny. Hey, scaredy cat, you going to agree to wrestle me, says Kyle Dake. He said, sure, make it to the finals of the Olympic trials. I'll wait for you there. And this is, this, is, uh, this is kind of a Point Burroughs thing. For a guy that has unlocked the secret keys to health, you sure do miss a lot of competitions. Get well, bro. You're going to need it. I think that's an appropriate place to pause. Um... <laughs> Because I think it's it, it is sort of fair for Jordan because Kyle is so uh, on the podcast. Ben, Kyle was so I have the secrets. I know it all. The way you do everything is Listen, wrong. The way you do everything coronavirus is, wrong. is not making Kyle Dake sick. Kyle Dake is an effing superhuman. He probably didn't even feel it, despite the fact that you know that may be why he missed. Man, it, but ben, coronavirus you, couldn't make Kyle Dake sick. Are you kidding me? <laughs> It's impossible. If, if, if coronavirus decided to infect Kyle Dake, coronavirus would be eradicated from planet Earth. Man, you love Kyle Dake. Kyle Dake would test wrap coronavirus. If we could put it on its back for four, it'd be done. He still missed the competition, Ben. 
That's all I gotta say. Kyle Dake was say. Man, you are you are hard. You are just like openly Team Dake. You're not even trying to. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm yes, not. you I'm are. Right ben, in the ben, you're Dake not in the middle. Me, Dake talked to me in 2013, and I'm still kind of uh, upset about that. I I think you're. I think. I think it's pretty obvious at this point. You're, you're I'm, I'm genuinely not. I'm in the middle. I, you know what? Even though Burroughs and me got a little bit of heat right now, and I'm not really sure why because he hasn't told me. I should be mad at him for you know he sh- he should be thanking me for letting him kick my butt, and make a bunch of money, if anything, because um, I could have said no to that match and he wouldn't have made nearly as much money. Could have very easily. Um, so he should be saying thank you. You're welcome, Jordan. Um, I actually I like both I'm, these I think guys. I'm stumbling on, on why he might not like you, man. I think they're both great. I like them both. That's good. Me too. Um, I remember in 2013, I was a big Kyle Dake fan, and I didn't understand why he wouldn't wrestle you. Me neither. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Who knows? Maybe, we'll, maybe we can ask him at some point. Um, so the back and forth, eh, it goes on for, for a little bit, you know. Jordan tells him to change his handle to Kyle Dake one for eight. Uh, I didn't he's... get that at first. I had to read Me it a either. I had to. I kept reading it. I was like, I don't. I'm... You have to read it like out loud. One oh one for eight. Yeah. Oh, happy holidays, bro. How about you change yours to All I See Is Bronze. Merry Christmas. My goodness <laughs> gracious. Um. Yeah. So okay. Also. We theorized when Jordan put out that video of the WEC method thing, and it's Don't say that word because my phone's going to start trying to freaking pop those damn ads up again. I finally got rid of them. (laughs) Okay. So we we saw that video, uh, and we saw the mysterious LOL tweet from Kyle Dake, and we theorized this is in reference to Jordan putting out that video, right? And we weren't, we weren't sure, but I was pretty sure. Ben pushed back on it. He was like, I don't know. I'm going to text him about it. I'm not sure. <laughs> and, of cor- and of course it was. But this is confirmation. He's like, um, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. I keep doing all the knockoff versions of what I do. They clearly aren't helping you. Which, to Kyle Dake, I have to say, something's working for Jordan. Because he just ran well, down. It was working before the WEC method. Come on. Yeah, it's been working before. Damn it, I said that word. Now my phone's going to freaking <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he just beat um, Zahid Valencia pretty convincingly, comparably to how he beat um, uh, how Dake beat Zahid Valencia. So I think I think it's working. I think it's both working. But I think it's very good. Uh, this is good trash talk. This is, like, right where I like my trash talk, Ben. I don't like it where the, the – there's a level higher that I don't like, and I feel – I don't know if I want to say uncomfortable, but but it makes me. I don't like trash talk where I think less of one of the people for saying it. I don't think less of Jordan or Dake for this back and forth. I think it's funny. Yeah. I think it's. Uh, I don't know if it's lighthearted because they both really definitely don't definitely like not, each other. Not, Christian, this is not lighthearted. These it's people not, do not. We saw that we brought them. On show. They do not like each other. This is not lighthearted, but it is. It is a, a great level of trash talk. I agree. It's it's right where I like it. Um, Right in the CP sweet spot for for trash talk. <laughs> so I thank them for that. There was a um, there was other heat on Twitter. Mason and Gable oh. a little bit of chirping. Mason Gable tweets a picture of him. Uh, Mason who? Mason Paris. Mason Paris talks trash. I know he's kind of he's coming I out of. I would not his... expect that. He said, uh, "All right, we'll we'll have Tyler uh, Brackey will send it to Tyler." Wow. 
But Gable tweeted a picture of him at Big Tens when he beat Mason, kind of after he didn't it, with just like a smiley face. And then um, Mason quote tweeted it and said, can't run forever. See you soon, smiley face. Which for Mason, <laughs> I love it. So it's Mason, awesome. not only did he clap back on Twitter, but after he beat Gwiz, he raised the roof, a la Trent Hydley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's he's uh, he's coming into his own. He's and this kid's still kind of baby faced too. Um, yes. So you wonder how much bigger, stronger he's he's gonna get. So yeah, Mason Paris uh, joining the fun. There's the tweet there if you want to take a look at it. You see it, Ben. Oh my goodness! I, I love this. I, I, you know what? I, I did not. I would not have expected out of Mason Paris. I don't know why I thought he was a Michigan man. I didn't think he, you know, I didn't think he'd be a Twitter oh, he's guy. He's a Michigan man. I, I mean, he it. did it. He did it. it in a classy way. He did it know? the right. He he clapped back in a in a Michigan man fashion. Nice and classy. Yes. Um. Okay. Man, there's so much. I mean, obviously, we're gonna be talking about RTC Cup tomorrow. Um. I don't even know how many questions we're going to get to. Um, is there is there anything else? Six minutes left. Uh, yeah, I know we have we have six minutes, but I want to mention we have a we have live wrestling tonight, Kyle Bracky. Yeah, we so do. Talk talk about it. Uh, so this is kind of a, a late ad, an opportunity uh, that came up. We're going to have um, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, taking on Stillwater, Oklahoma, live tonight, and I think I think our man David Bray is going up there. He is. Um, there are five nationally ranked guys uh, in the rankings. If Christian Forbes, um, Kale Hughes, Carter Young, AJ Ferrari, and Emmanuel Skillings, um, Anthony Ferrari, Anthony, sorry, I say I say I see Ferrari, and I just mean well, they're say all AJ. a Ferrari. So, isn't there another Ferrari? Angelo is he not ranked though? I do not believe Ashley. No, but he. I mean, I'm sure He's he'll be inter- internationally. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he will be in the lineup. Can't imagine he doesn't make the Stillwater lineup. And is John Smith's son in the lineup? Yeah, Sam Smith, one hundred six. Dude, wow! I don't know how how good he is. It must. I don't know. It'd probably be really awesome to be John Smith's kid. I think he's a freshman this but year. Also, it'd be pretty tough to be the the son of the of the goat. Um, in, in yeah. from a wrestling perspective, right? And then you also have uh, Teague Travis in the lineup for uh, Stillwater. He's not ranked? Not anymore. Really? He's really good. Yeah, so you, you, go, you go Carter Young. Uh, he's ranked 6 of 138, committed to Northwestern. Then you go Teague Travis, then you go Angelo Ferrari, then you go Anthony Ferrari. Dang. Wow. Well, I'll be watching. Do you know what time, Steve? It is at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. All right. Nice little Tuesday night treat. That's good. It's like Maction or something. Um, we do have NFL football tonight. Oh, do we? Yeah, COVID uh, got a game pushed. We got uh, Ravens Cowboys tonight. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, we had a double header last night. Is RG three playing? No, Lamar, Lamar's back. Man, RG three. Hey, the football team took out the uh, undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. So take that, Pittsburgh fans. A lot of people <laughs> no listen. Cares about football. <laughs> a lot of people care about well, football. You're right. Oh, yeah, nobody. on this on this podcast, oh. you're it's uh you're you're probably more yeah, right. Everyone just tries to trip me about football on this podcast. Oh yeah, someone apparently uh, Ben Swalla, he just comes at Bracky every time Iowa State beats West Virginia. I'm something. just glad Iowa State's finally having some, some success in football. You know, they haven't won a conference championship since like 1908. Dang, they're not over 500 all time. 1908. Oh. Yeah, I you're promise exaggerate. you. Look it up. Look it up. 
is the first time they've been in the Big 12 championship since they joined the conference in 1996. It's just it's it's good to finally see them having some moderate success. This is a good backhanded compliment from from Steve. Well, you know, <laughs> you're doing good. Kyle Brecky is not trying to talk trash. He's being very genuine right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. just being genuine when I say that West Virginia's won more bowl games than Iowa State's even been to. So. And has over 300 more all-time wins. That's that's not my fault. <laughs> He's not even bringing that up. No, I'm not even bringing that up. He would never bring that up. Uh, okay, uh, let's get to some questions. Uh, we will not get to them all. There were many very, very good ones. Um, oh, I do want to show that uh, maybe next, maybe tomorrow. There was a great hip toss by uh, that Martin kid from the Oklahoma State. Yeah, so they actually... <clears throat> They had a big day. Um, so Brock Martin and Malcolm Rodriguez played defense for Oklahoma State. They're both starters, both very good. Malcolm yeah, Rodriguez. Talking about football again. I'm about listen, to leave. Ben, listen. Ben, listen. listen. It ties back. So those those two were the ones that joined the Oklahoma State wrestling team in January last year. <laughs> and we thought we were going to see them in duels. I really did. I thought we were going to see one of them. Wow. Um, but they actually, they, earlier in the game, they had a play where Malcolm Rodriguez forced a fumble and Brock Martin picked it up and returned it for a touchdown. So that was uh, five Oklahoma State championships combining to score a touchdown there. And then later nice. on in the game, a TCU player was trying to like block Martin after the whistle, and Martin just hit like this wizard kick on him and threw him directly to his back. Straight and to it, his back. It was beautiful. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Four points. He's probably like, what the heck was that? Yeah. So, anyways, it does tie back. Benjamin, uh, the the football okay. hater. Okay, someone I really want to. Uh, someone asked about fast food, which I really like talking about. Um, more impressive: Gwiz coming back from down eight zero, or Paris getting the W in the rematch. Man, that's tough. I'm very impressed by both. I was uh, too. I'll say Gwiz. No, it's not that. Ugh. Gwiz. Yeah, I think I will say that too. I think I'll say Tough that one. too. 18 points, 18 unanswered. Um, it, it was a, a lot heck of points. It's a lot of points. It was a good response. And just good in-match adjustments, which I think is just always interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, doo, doo, doo. I got a P. Really bad. Can we just save another question for tomorrow? <laughs> it is 9.44, and Ben's bladder is just an embarrassment. It's a total I like embarrassment. I this morning. I like of- all jittery and stuff. We just got to get a bedpan down there for you. Oh, gosh. Figure this out. Um, <laughs> hey, when I have my hip surgery, they got this thing that they, they had this thing that depicted by the side of the bed. And the one time in the night, the nurse wouldn't come to help me get up to walk to the bathroom. And she's like, no, nah, I'm busy just pissing the thing. I'm like, I don't want to. I want to get up in the bathroom. And she would not come to my room, and I had to piss in the thing. But only time ever. Okay. Well, hopefully never again, Ben. I'm glad your hip – I think your hip's still progressing, doing good. Yes. Are you going live? Uh, I'm with, like, 100-pound kids. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I'm not live. Hey, um, hey, it's going to be a big week. Y'all don't even know it yet. We got some big things to announce. Get excited about that. Uh, More to come.